Okay, so, um, first things first, if you have notifications turned on for when this series posts new episodes, I suggest, um, kindly, of course, and it is just a suggestion, that you turn them off, um, because as you can see, um, I've been rushing to get everything that I have recorded for the show out. Um, I don't like necessarily sitting on things, um, and especially with the storage issues that I've been having. Um, I'm now down to like two out of five initial um, 32 gigabyte SD cards, and that's just, I mean, like, I, I mean, like, I've been moving a lot um, throughout the, the entirety of this series, i.e., um, like the last five years. Um, and, uh, I think I may have had, I may have had those five SD cards for, like, just about the last two or three years or so, um, and I just lost, like, the third out of five, um, recently, very, very recently. I think, um, I don't know, the, the circumstances surrounding that is kind of weird. Um, I was doing music at this, um, recording space with this, um, drummer that I met, and, um, things got, I guess, strange enough to, um, like, with, uh, withdrawn, um, and so I just kind of assumed that, um, he didn't want to work together anymore, which is obvious, um, but my SD card did go missing, um, from that space, and so it is, like, a multi-use space, um, and a lot of people use that space, but, um, the, the weird thing surrounding that circumstance is that, um, it was, like, after I lost the SD card, he, like, suddenly just did not, speak to me at all and so it almost like that was like one of those weird situations where it felt it felt kind of like some some I don't know somebody was looking for something and maybe they got what they needed because I don't even know what was on that card um but yeah um as soon as that card went missing that that um that door kind of closed which doesn't upset or disappoint me um I will pretty much go far and wide for music so I mean like if I have to sit on a bus or a train for, you know, upwards of two hours to get to somewhere. Um, just because like as, as much as I am doing this kind of like open experimentation with this, um, at this point, just because I've already had, um, security issues. So it doesn't really matter. Like I said, it, it, I always have somebody that knows where I am anyway. So it doesn't really matter what I do. I think now I'm just kind of being investigative, investigative. I don't know. Um, I'm being, um, I'm trying to figure out, like, I'm trying to figure out, like, what is it, or who is it, you know, um, and I think that there's also, I do, I do have, like, some guardian angels, and I do have, like, um, it, it, it does definitely seem that, like, somebody else is trying to figure out who is following me as well, um, that's just the, um, I won't go too, into too much detail about it, but, you know, I've been, um, certainly, like, approached, um, uh, you know, by, uh, let's see, I can't, you know, uh, I can't say, but it was just, um, kind of really apparent, um, that, that somebody's taking notice to, like, all of the strange, um, you know, um, maybe, maybe, we'll just use the word mystical, I gotta get off the word magic, but maybe just the weird mystical things that are happening surrounding my, um, existence and the forces that are, um, surrounding my aura aura um that's that's where that's for 
the most part where I was going to start off here um, talking about auras. Um, I know that um, there are certain people, certain kinds of people that see auras, um, auras and colors all the time. I consider that, uh, consider that to be um, synesthetic. It is a synesthetic value. Um, auras, uh, you know, everybody has, for the most part, everybody has some kind of vibration, um, some kind of signature, uh, like an energy signature. Um, you know, a, a lot of people believe in it. A lot of people don't. Some people only see auras when they're um, on, you know, psychedelics. Um, some people see auras or feel auras all the time. Um, I, for me personally, it's a little bit of both. Um, I, I call, I call my favorite people or sometimes even my least favorite people, um, really shiny people. Um, because, because there's, um, there's a certain way that people vibrate, um, at a certain frequency when they are very, very shiny. Um, and usually the shinier the person, like the more, um, I hate this word too, but I, the, like the more famous they are, like famous people are really super shiny. Um, and it's not just the way that they dress. Um, cause sometimes, you know, famous people are like really dressed down, um, or even just very, um, oh, let's see, what's the word for it? Um, it's, it's, it has nothing to do with wealth or, or, you know, um, status as much as like maybe charisma and personality, the way that a person seems to like sparkle or glitter, um, which is a, a lot of the time, like I can feel something different about like, especially famous people, um, are like a certain like they're just shiny i'm like why the fuck are you so shiny um i know for a fact about my aura that it is like a multi um colored <laughs> multicolored aura um that sends uh that that tends to offset people so people who can see auras or feel auras um you know especially like super ravey people i've been called a prism um, I definitely um, have been w well made aw aware of my my um, my natural state of of mirroring, um, which is why I'm kind of I've um, I've become a recluse in my later years because I don't let I don't let myself get too close to people because the closer that I get to people, the more that I'll start to reflect um, their their inner selves, and if they're not comfortable with that inner self then it gets um, projected onto me as like a hatred um, for, for me when it's really like a, a hatred for themselves. And that sounds narcissistic, but this is, this is the mirror effect. It's something that happens over time. It is part of my instinctive ability, part of my, my, my natural medicine. And so um, I've kind of always done this. And people who are more comfortable with themselves, um, you know, are more open to this, um, you know, this, this mirror of being able to mirror each other and, and kind of um, bounce bounce light back and forth off of each other, or even reflect each other's darkness in a way that's very um, coincidal. You know, my, my closest friends in the world have been, um, I guess, more strikingly open to that, like, understanding that we are, in, in essence, the same energy, um, acting in two different beings in two different forms, and, and understanding that, that, whatever, um, that whatever I do in that person's, you know, um, aura or, or realm or essence is a reflection of them and, and vice versa. Um, I have been really, really missing, um, um, like pretty much everybody and everything lately. I can't, 
I can't complain and say that I'm lonely because as soon as as soon as I say that I miss a certain person, what's funny about the the relationship that I have with the universe or the relationship that I have um, with like the traditional sense of God is that if I start missing somebody too much that hurt me very badly, um, the universe will send back somebody in that in a different form. Of course, I won't send back that person because I I usually just don't touch um, dead things. Not in that way, anyway. Um, but um the universe will send back a person that has that same energy to hurt me in that exact same way um and i've talked about it recently where i've been like i've had the same exact injuries um that that i've had before not um uh, necessarily as as um dramatic or not necessarily as um as bad of course but just as like a reminder that um that you know with with all the good times also came the very bad times um and that's that's not just one um one relationship that's like that's pretty much like if i miss my best friend too much like i'll i'll basically get back a person that acts like that person and then eventually just hurts me in the same way as that person um or rather um i had that happen enough times for um for me to understand when that's happening like oh i missed this person the universe is like oh really well he you know here she is and then before i can before i can get hurt in that same way again you know um learning learning from um through trial and and error i guess or learning from experience just kind of cutting that cutting that relationship off because i understand that 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 kind of pain isn't going to happen over and over again from that energy so not letting that not allowing that to happen again um so i'm still universally young um i feel really old because like every like every everybody that's trying to do everything that i want to do is like young and you know all these kids are making you know, hits on their computers, and they're so technologically savvy, and all this, all this stuff, um, and I'm, I'm, like, stuck in a rut, because I understand that the sounds that I, that I love, and the sounds that I want to synthesize don't, like, there's no, there's no plug-in, you know, there's no real plug-in for, um, you know, at least that I can afford, um, to just like install on my laptop and all of a sudden have this, you know, this analog synthesizer or these, these very, um, intricate tools of sound. So I don't know, I'm kind of between a rock and a hard place because there's no, like I've, I've gone too far in my career to not do like what I'm trying to do, but I'm also just not, um, like I'm also just tired and not very competitive, um, and not like, um, you know, I'm not as, as naive and young as I used to be, so I'm not willing to, to, um, put out all this energy and get nothing back, because young people are very, um, they're useful because they're, they're versatile, and they're, um, you know, they're young, they're young enough to do things for free or do things for, for, you know, without, they'll, they'll do it for clout, like, but I, I, I don't need clout, like, I need my bills paid, you know, like, I don't need clout, I need, um, to, security, like, I need a foundation for myself, I'm not about, um, you know, the very, very surface level, very, very, um, naive things, because I don't, I don't care who's looking at me, I'm not, not, you know, I've been single for a long time, but I'm not necessarily looking for anybody, you know, I'm not trying to date, I'm not really trying to, like, impress the world in the way that, um, I think the, the general, 
or typical person um, is. You know, um, it seems like single people are always talking to people and looking for people and meeting people. And I'm just like, I don't, you know, um, uh, somebody has to be pretty shiny for me to even kind of pay attention to them or even to, um, as I, as I say, like awaken my dragon, like my dragon will not even blink at some things. And it's so amazing to me because I can be looking at the most beautiful person and I'm like, it's so weird how beautiful and how attractive you are, but it's not <laughs> like it's, it's, um, my, my body's getting very distinct about what it wants and what it needs. And so, um, it's, I, you know, under the brim of my sunglasses, I look at beautiful fucking people all day, but nothing moves. Um, you know, nothing, nothing really strikes my fancy. It's not just, um, it's not just about physical. Um, it's about, you know, the emotional, the spiritual, and the vibration so of course this very shiny person like i am not in the pursuit of of money making so that i can be (laughs) like you know that i can be a certain thing i just want to be able to i guess socialize in the in the vibration of people that i think move in the same way that i do that have the same kind of creative energy that i do um and so to be able to do that i have to like you know i have to jump a few classes before i can talk to the people (laughs) that i like Um, you know, you have to climb the ladder, um, and so I think I've just kind of been, um, in, in my understanding of my singularity and being, and being comfortable enough with my singularity, um, to move forward. So that being said, oh, sorry, distractions, distractions, um, let's see, auras, um, I know that my particular aura does have a color, like a, a range of colors to it. Um, I, I know that it does appear to most um, people with this this ability to see them um, as a as a um, iridescent type um, field, which is, I guess, abnormal. I, I guess, uh, like somewhat different from it is somewhat different because um my my general like taking in of other people's auras is that it it typically vibrates in one color spectrum and one um in one way you know unless it's it's very drastically changed in one way or another um so mine um and i'm and i've been um having a hard time trying to like bring this into words or to explain it um because the first time that i actually saw my own aura from like the outside looking in was not that long ago um i had always had people tell me like this is like it's crazy because you can see other people's but it's kind of like you can't like you know you can't feel your heartbeat all the time but it's always beating sometimes (laughs) um you know um my heart does stop like it seems like on the daily basis um sometimes i wonder if it's even there but it's it is very much there um and very much alive um I've been feeling things very much in my heart chakra and like I've I realize as I audition these um these more recent episodes that I've that I've been more um new age spiritually like using a lot of words like vibration and chakras but those are I mean like those are very real things and those are like in this in this body in this incarnation like things that i operate out of 
Um, Because as I explained before, I don't see the body as more than just a vehicle um, for, you know, my my consciousness, my concentrated energy that is here to fulfill a purpose and then um, eventually be expelled from this, Um, you know, and and being a lucid dreamer and being kind of like a a, uh, an astral traveler um, (laughs) of sorts of many, many sorts, you know, there are times that I can dream and leave my body for a number of decades (laughs) or eons you know there are times that i can go somewhere so far away from this body that coming back into it is almost a painful experience especially in the in the um the rough patches of life that i've been through um like coming back into this place after after being gone for so long is is kind of like a, a body shock um so learning how to take care of my body to the best of my ability so that it's not that Um, not so much, um, you know, it's not so much painful to come back after, after being some lost somewhere or not necessarily lost to just, just leaving this, this place behind. Um, but knowing that I have to come back until I fulfill my purpose, that I'm not going anywhere. Um, I've talked about multiple realms. I've talked about, you know, um, suicide and why not to, like I, there is no, there is no real death. There is no real like escape, and so there's no reason to try to take yourself from, from this experience when you're not finished until it's until whatever your actual purpose is fulfilled, and that's why there are so many lifetimes. And and if you don't get it right the first time, you'll do things over again, and how much cosmic memory that you collect um, over time is kind of like based on that, on your on. Um, on the essence of what you did to to leave you know leave yourself like clues it's 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 hard to explain but sometimes when i get through certain like checkpoints or or passages in my life i'll be like dang i remember this part so well but what is it that i that that i did or did not do that was the difference what is it that i did or did not do that made this choice or this change what is this you know um what what part of the butterfly effect what what happened here you know that like why do i remember this so so vividly and some other parts are just like kind of like new to me they feel new until i get to that checkpoint i'm like oh my goodness it's a residual again you know it's it is a residual memory but i'm further along in the story than than maybe perhaps last time i guess you could you could look at it like a video game where if you lose your life in a certain level (laughs) you know you get your checkpoint and you go back to this other you know you go back to this other space and then you get back to the level where you died and you you remember but what is the thing that (laughs) what killed you last time you know what what did or didn't you do to to make it through that level and so it's getting like i said it's getting very levels um the thing that actually even reminded me of my own aura was that um, that coughing dude on the train? And I knew that something was gonna happen by me putting this, um, you know, an episode out on this platform. I knew that something immediately was going to happen in my external world to kind of show me that this, this, um, you know, platform, this podcast, does have an effect on the external world very, very rapidly. Um, you know, and that's kind of how it kept going in the in the first place in the beginning because, uh, like I said, I don't really talk um much more about my very very personal life but i mean like i kind of just put it there because i i have always felt that this 
this life is short for me like there's not that much time for me and that sounds whatever it sounds sick or it sounds sad or suicidal but no the the way that time is rubbing itself and the way that things are kind of breaking down in this matrix and the way that my simulation is being very glitchy and very strange you know things cannot keep on going at this at this capacity in this imbalance it's it's you know it's too much like there's something wrong to the point where it's gonna fall you know out of it's gonna fall out of place and and for a lot of people the the understanding of death is not my understanding of death so that to me is is not you know like i'm like well i must be close to it at this point because things start getting strange and acting weird and and you know everything around starts to feel different the inside of my body starts to feel different and so i know that it is part or you know time for another passage um you know, and I've, I've known that for a long time, but at this point, this show is now in its seventh season, and I don't remember what the IMDb said, how many episodes there are, um, but there, you know, there are a lot, this is, um, you know, it's, it, like, I've lived longer than I thought, and so, like, I keep, I keep being wrong, and in a, in a way that, like, my life keeps being extended, and then I have times of, you know, not necessarily, um, great joy, um, cause I don't, I don't feel like I've actually lived yet. I feel like I've lived, you know, a majority of my life in this like very hellish, very challenging, like downtrodden and, and, you know, like it is very much like the protagonist of any book or any movie that you've written in the way that it's just like, oh, that's very sufferable and very tragic. And then, you know, um, having times of relief, um, you know, um, <laughs> and very, very few, very rare moments of like great joy and absolute, absolute ecstasy. And I can only maybe say like, I can only say that for maybe like two or two or three d- different times in my life where it was like, I am completely happy. Everything is exactly how it's supposed to be. Um, you know, like one of the, like if, if, if somebody asked me, of course, for the the best day of my life, like, I don't think that I've necessarily had one. Um, you know, besides the very, very obvious answer, um, that, that you'd ask anybody, um, that, 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 the answer that anybody would give you, um, anybody that's had children, um, they would give you the same answer, you know, the best day of their life is, is the day that their child is born, and that's true, um, that is because it's in, in that, in that aspect that's the beginning of of a new life it's like the you that you were before that moment is definitely gone um and for a woman i've said this before it starts so much sooner it starts before you even know that that child is coming your your body knows you know the the universe knows that child knows that child is still a very concentrated form of consciousness just the same exact form of consciousness as you are all of your consciousness and your fully grown um body i don't i don't actually know the demographics of this show i have been worried um that kids might be listening to it just because um kids have access to everything now and um what i've noticed is parents are not really parents are not really connected with their kids um they're they're usually just like staring off into their cell phone playing candy crush and the kid is next to them staring off into their cell phone um you know or even just like i don't know i i um like i said i love babies so i interact with with kids a lot in my uh, outer world um i always try to acknowledge them and let them know that i see them you know because they're sometimes just like kind of kicking it and they're 
their parents are just like glued to their cell phones. So um, I've I've kind of vowed to myself that if I have the opportunity to have a family, uh, once again, I will, you know, like, I'm already just disconnected from my cell phone besides doing this series. And when I have when I have my hiatuses, and when I go on my my long breaks, like I'm never on my phone, like, and I've, for the longest time, I've wanted just an MP3 player, like, like an iPod. Like, like, I don't want to have to take my phone with me, if I go on a run or go to the gym, like, because I just I'm so disconnected from, from everything and everyone. And it's been that way for a long time. Um, like I have not, I've not even gone through the process of the motion of, of trying to, um, trying to scout this series, this massive saga, any part of it. Um, and that includes like the, the infinite Skrilla files, the Ausla confidential. I haven't really, you know, um, I think I sent a demo to Ausla once <laughs> and I put it and I put, um, like the very beginning, like years ago. And I think I put, I think it was, I sent um i sent iambic to ausla and then i attached the very beginning of the um the series like the the i think like scary monsters in super korean and then i just left it at that and i didn't really do like anything else with it i don't care i didn't care um because it had been so long between that time and when i initially even um started on that whole um thing i don't i don't i don't think i've told that story front to back either but it doesn't really matter um it just goes and goes and goes and it doesn't really have a it doesn't really have an end in fact um it just is one of those things that i don't think is real you know it's it's one of those things that i just um like it keeps being dangled in front of me as if there's going to be something but there's then there's always nothing and at the end of the day that I'm by myself um and and at the end of the day I'm going through these very very hard things without you know um without a technical friend in the world and without you know um without having anything or any any um reciprocation of the the things that um, I've written, so I just kind of moved on and just kind of um, conglomerated everything into the festival project, um, and it eventually became like in the spinoffs of the spinoffs and this book and that book, and and it became less about how it started. Um, but but I I've never really gone through like I haven't even tried to to Netflix it. I haven't tried because I don't like I I don't know Hollywood is just such a a sick weird evil game and i you know i've already had um i've already had scripts when i was really little um i would write scripts when i was young and i did not know that like you know there was certain rules about them so i would write these screenplays and i would send them to like my favorite channels lifetime disney or whatever um and within you know my my growing up like I saw a couple Lifetime movies that were, like, close enough to my script that made me think, like, wait, the fuck, I wrote this. But I was, like, 10, you know? Like, I saw things that were, like, wait, this is my movie with a different name, you know? Like, I think I think I remember really, really far back that it was, like, and it, it they kept the same, they kept, like, the title character's name and everything. And I was, like, what? You know? And just kind of got, like, my mind blown. Um, but like, I don't know, weird, weird things would happen. 
um, concerning the TV, concerning the TV when I was a kid anyway, like, um, I don't know if I've told this story, but this is a, a way true story, is, um, I had this bully growing up, and, um, she was just always a dick, she was always mean, um, but she would always brag, she would brag at school about her dad this and her dad that, and, um, we became, I can't say friends, but we were definitely close, and, um, you know, she would come over on weekends and we'd fight because she was still a boy. And then she'd, she'd be like, my dad this, my dad that, brag about her dad. And I was like, okay, um, you know, whatever. Like, I, for the most part, I had no reason not to believe her. Um, he was just never around, but neither was my dad um, in the, you know, in the way that he worked out of town. So he was only there sometimes. And one day I'm watching Lifetime because that's what normal fucking eight-year-olds or nine-year-olds do, right? And um, I'm watching Lifetime and Unsolved Mysteries comes on. I don't know if I've told this story. I've definitely told this story to, like, friends, but I don't know if I've told this story on this podcast. This is a true story. So I'm watching Unsolved Mysteries and it was, like, (laughs) in a small desert town. And then says, like, the name of the town that I was living in at the time. And I was like, oh, my God, that's here, (laughs) you know? And now I'm, like, glued to the TV because I liked Unsolved Mysteries anyway. That show's fucking creepy. But it got levels. (laughs) And I'm, like, eight, nine, maybe nine at the most. I think I was, like, in fourth grade, so, like, eight or nine. And um, (laughs) I'm watching the TV, and it was, like, in this small desert town, a murder, drug-addled, blah, blah, blah. And it, like, goes into this gruesome story about... (laughs) about how this dude got into some shit like some deep shit and i'm just like mouth agape and then he says the name of my friend's dad and i'm just like whoa (laughs) like holy shit what the fuck and this is this is how i feel bad because that was like i don't really believe in coincidences now but at that time that was just a coincidence it was like this person did all this and is still on the loose if you have any information and i was like holy fuck that's her dad like it 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 blew it blew everything out of the water it not just said her dad i was like okay that that could be like a common mexican name and then it said her mom's name and like the three kids names and i was like oh shit like that's for real i'm actually watching an episode about her dad and so I don't think I said anything for a long time. I, I think I kept it to myself because I was like, what the fuck did I just see? Okay, I think I told my mom, I was like, yo, like that's, you know, th- this is what I saw on TV. And and I think I think my mom's always been no holds bar. She was never, you know, she never sheltered me about anything at all. In fact, she had like no filter whatsoever. So I knew about some very, very adult things probably before i should have but you know that's you know um i kind of feel at this point that i was born to be her counselor um just because i have the older soul at all and my mom is is kind of she's just a hot girl that grew up you know and um did find (laughs) did find the right man um you know for the most part that just like gave her the world and and gave her everything wanted to to take care of her and and did um you know my my mom's like a super spoiled hot girl um that was just super disappointed that i i wasn't a hot enough girl to be like spoiled um and i didn't get that though i didn't get that i did not understand why my mom hated that i was fat like she was like 
uh, like she was just so disappointed that I came out like too dark skinned and like too and fat. She was like, what the fuck? Like, I thought you'd be lighter skinned because, you know, my dad. <laughs> but she's like, ah, you know, just always that always like bothered her. But now I understand in the world that we're in, I understand why. Now that I understand colorism and that I understand like that men want like the, you know, the cream of the crop, the best genetics. They want like the, the good looking ones so that their kids are good looking and that they do well because it's a competitive society so i get that but i never got it growing up i thought she was just like being a dick um you know um and to this day like i said i don't believe in like ugly kids like i still i still have hope you know for for kids that are overweight you know that they'll lose fucking weight and um sometimes all it takes is like you know all it takes is is being hurt bad enough that you feel like you can't um you can't be that person anymore so that's unfortunate that you know there is a there is an obesity epidemic and it's kind of being um glamorized and being like allowed to happen but i understand why that too i mean i also understand that why all of the 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 torture and the trauma that i'm going through might be because of that just because um a lot of the um, you know, a lot of the manufacturers of, of, of food, um, in this country have had their, like, it's old money, you know, so it's, it's plantation money that's been around for centuries, and they're not about to, (laughs) you know, they're not about to lose their stake, um, by everybody having this, like, mass wokeness and being like, whoa, I don't want to eat this because it's, it's not great. Um, you know, it's not giving me energy. Like, a lot of food is just filler food. Um, it might, it might fill up your stomach and it might delight your taste buds, but for the most part, it's just empty calories, um, which, you know, just leads me back to, it could just be a holy war, you know, this thing that a lot of people are consuming all the time and, and then, you know, um, using as energy that's not really, it like creates a negative energy. And so maybe because I live so it, you know, I try to improve to be so positive that that negative energy is what's eating at me. And that's why it seems like it's affecting everybody because everybody is, you know, empty. Because um, it's not, it's not energetic food. It's just food that fills your stomach. And then it actually creates a deficit of energy. So you need that monster, which also creates a deficit of energy. And I like monsters. I'm just going to say that right now like you know like monster energy drink is my shit it always was my shit um but I'm I'm more of a coffee girl now just because it's like it it's um it's synergetic with my body I know what I'm getting out of it that's probably the worst thing that I drink but that's one of the only things that I drink is coffee um coffee and water I don't drink juice um quick um quick quick little tidbit um, there's something to be said about the system. Um, in the homeless system, they do not give you water, but they will give you juice all day long for free. Um, you know, um, the jail system and the mental health system, which is all part of the same system, is um, the same. Like, it's it's tap water. Um, <laughs> yay, tap water. Or, you know, or high sugar, um, high sugar things. I was having a conversation with somebody this morning that is a drug counselor and he was like, yo, that's the, that's one of the most overlooked drugs in the world is sugar. Um, and that's true. Sugar is the most addictive drug on the planet. I I can't remember what, what, what's interview I was watching recently. 
Um, but somebody was like, hey, is it true that um, that heroin, that sugar is more addictive than heroin? They were like, heroin is definitely more addictive. No. Like, sugar is probably more addictive than heroin. Heroin just gets you actually higher. And sugar is more, um, it's, it's more like a nicotine, where it's like a silent high, where you don't understand the effects that it's having on you because you're so used to it. Um, and heroin is like a very, you know, very heavy, like you're gonna, you're gonna go somewhere and, and kind of be, be let out, so to, so to speak. Um, you know, you're letting, you're, you're putting certain functions of your body into overload, um, so that, that you have this euphoria, relaxation, whereas sugar's euphoria is kind of, um, you know, it's, it's quieter, like nicotine, like your first cigarette, you're going to get like a buzz, but after you smoke a whole pack of cigarettes, by the time you're done with that pack of cigarettes, you're not going to feel anything from it, but you're going to want to smoke more, and when you smoke cigarettes a lot, um, like you just, you don't feel it anymore, but if you stop smoking cigarettes, you're going to notice, um, you're going to crave cigarettes, and you're going to want, you know, you're going to want nicotine, it's like a silent addiction, um, which is, sugar is that, um, I've spent lots of time fasting, I've spent lots of time without sugar at all, and that includes, um, fruit, (laughs) like, I am, I've definitely gotten back my karma, because I stopped eating bananas, because I was just, I just wanted to be 100 and fucking 10 pounds, that's it, I just, that's all I wanted, um, because I was, um, I was making a list of, of, like, celebrities and their weights, and they all seem to be around, you know, it averaged out to, like, 115 pounds, um, coincidentally or not, it averaged out to be about 115 pounds, whether you're 5'9 or 5'2, that was the average, and so I was like, okay, I want to, if that's the average, I want to be under the average, um, since I've always been overweight and above the average, I want to see what, what life is like, um, under the average, because I've just, yeah, it's, it's very strange, Um, but like I said, you know, if I'm, if usually if I'm just attracted to somebody by just looking at them, they usually have a very, very tiny girl next to them. And so I'm like, okay, well, what do I have to do to look like that? So I can get somebody that looks like that. Um, you know, especially now that I'm older and it's getting like, I don't know, close to mating season. (laughs) So I'm, I'm very, um, I guess visually selective. Um, anywho, I don't know what this, oh, aura. It does have a lot to do with aura too. Um, but, you know, everybody's got their, everybody's got their type and everybody's got their preferences. Um, and, uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, let's see. Unsolved Mysteries. That actually happened. That was the end of that story, though. Um, I, oh, no, I blew my friend's mind on accident. Like, I, t- I was like, your dad is a criminal. Because, <laughs> like, I held it to myself for a while until she, like, started picking on me at school and just being a dick, and I was like, well, you know what, fuck you, I saw your dad on Unsolved Mysteries, and she was like, what, <laughs> and it fucked me up, because, like, it fucked her up, because she didn't know, so she, so she went home to her mom, and she was like, yo, is this true, and that's, like, that's why her mom had to tell her about her actual dad, like, she was just being a kid, and being like, my dad this, and my dad that, because he wasn't there, um, and so I get that, you know, I'm starting to understand a lot more about kids, and having, like, a really, really, like, deep hole in my heart and my soul for, like, children, and, um, you know, like, what's happening in the world at all, um, just that so many people fucking have to work and not, um, and not pay attention, and the, the weird shit that kids are, 
are watching on YouTube and just like I, I pay a lot more attention to kids because they are like our our basically our only connection to like pure consciousness without without doing all these extreme things without fasting and praying and and going on these cleanses which is like almost impossible um in the modern world like it's very it's like because of this this darkness that exists um whatever it is whether it is technological or it is just like some kind of spiritual um attack on the psyche you know and i'm i'm at this point like fully prepared for that that's why i'm putting everything out there i have a catharsis like this about once a season it's it is a pattern um when i'm in hiatus things get so um things get so anxietal and built up that i can't function and i'm like okay well maybe i need to fucking release whatever i've been working on or whatever i have you know because i am a creative like i understand how seasons go i understand releasing things in certain times but as i said at the beginning of this episode i um <laughs> like i i i went straight into this second half of the seventh season and you know without warning i took like a two-week break or something and i noticed that although the numbers were going up the number of subscribers at least on one of the series like dropped and i realized that so many people have notifications on their phones so maybe when a new episode comes out um they get notifications so if i'm dropping like 10 episodes a day that shit's annoying um i personally have not had notifications on my phone for like years now like i don't have the which is crazy because some people are on the opposite end of the spectrum and they have the fucking strobe light and it it buzzes five times in a custom pattern and a ringtone that's like what's up like they they need to know um when somebody fucking likes their instagram they need to know when the next text you know like some people are running around bubbles of anxiety that are just hunched over their phone and like it's it's the most uncomfortable thing to watch um so yeah I, I like i said i've made that vow that just like if i get blessed with the ability to have like a family which is you know that that's what i think and not any woman i can't say that because some people are like fuck kids i don't want kids i don't want a family i don't want a husband you know and at the same time it's like i don't really want a husband either because they all do the same shit um husbands hus- husbands are a weird breed and it's like I can't remember who I had this conversation with, but somebody was like, yo, do you want to be the wife or the side chick? Because you're going to be one or the other. And there, and, and every dude has both. Um, you know, every every dude always has somebody, always has a backup. You know, you can't really fucking... And some girls are that way too. But most of the girls that I talk to that are that way, they're like, because they do it. And I'm like, that does not... <laughs> you know, that doesn't make it necessarily right to sink to that level like i've promised myself um like i've always been a loyal person but i've i've promised myself that like hey you know like it's it's good until it's gone and then you just gotta dissipate (laughs) you know a lot of people stay in relationships that are shitty for whatever reason you know for one of like hey i stayed in my shitty relationship for all the reasons but it got to the point where it was like you don't do that and uh, I definitely got my <laughs> my literal beatings from, like, the universe and otherwise. It's like, you don't do that. You don't stay in a situation where you're being um, hurt continually. Um, right now, my entire existence is, is a situation where I'm being hurt continually. 
um and so and it's crazy because at first i was like fuck this podcast i don't need this podcast um it's not like it's not really paying me sometimes i do have very strange manifestations where i can like you know put something out there and then something like i said in the actual like in the world will happen that's enough to make me intrigued to keep going um and that's that's been like you know um more and more um thoroughly um it's it, it just happens more and more um you know um to the point where it's like well <laughs> like you know now i'm finding money in the street and i'm like okay well you know that's cool um <laughs> what else can happen but i'm also becoming the person that doesn't really want much um because i've been stripped of everything and so there's not there's not a lot that i want outside of um being taken care of and not that's not to say that i want to be taken care of by like i need to like (laughs) i don't know like you're just expected as a single woman um to to always be on the lookout for your man but i don't i don't want to be looking um because when you're looking you'll find something and that something is not necessarily good um i'm just more about the like the magnetism of things and just knowing that like when it's time something will happen or you know something 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 will come my way or you know i've had um some very strange conversations with some muslims lately um um and i'm glad i'm really blessed for that because i was i'm i don't know anything about like you know muslims but there's a lot of them and um i know that they speak very different languages and they they act very differently um so so i've been approached lately by uh, a handful of muslims and this this one actually cracked me up um she was so cute i can't remember her how to pronounce her name but she spoke bangladeshi and of course she's like covered to head to toe covered head to toe so i could only see her eyes but she was the cutest thing ever and um she was like um she was helping me carry my food out of the food bank (laughs) i haven't um i haven't had like money to eat for a long time but luckily there's lots of places um that that always have like a plethora of like sweet potatoes and coconut water um so i so that's pretty much been my diet um for a while sometimes i get lucky with lentils um some some elbow noodles like um you know and um that's that's when i'm really feasting is if i can get an onion and some fucking rice i'm like yeah um you know but before that it was like i ate bananas for like for six weeks with like bananas and water and i was just like and that i felt like that was god punishing me for not eating bananas because i stopped i stopped eating bananas when i first went on the keto diet um which is actually really really hard to do when you're vegan like keto is easy if you don't if you can still fuck with like cheese and meat but when you're vegan like vegan keto is basically just fucking (laughs) water um no there's I, i figured my way out but um you can't eat high sugar fruits because they're they're just going to translate to your body as um you know it's 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 going to throw you out of ketosis so bananas was like one of the first things to go because they're always they're they're high in carbs and also sugar um and that's when i realized going back into the sugar thing um i'm trying i'm trying to get everything out at once so that like i can really kind of go on hiatus and not um focus on anything just because i've been so stressed um like stressed in hiatus stressed out of hiatus i'm not making the music that i want to that's stressful i'm not getting the gigs that i want to that's stressful 
um for like most of the ravey things they don't want to pay you they just want you they they expect you to want to do it for clout and i just like i've already been paid to be a dj so i don't i'm not really like i don't have interest in going to perform just so people can see me perform like i know what it's like to perform in front of an audience and i have hundreds of mixtapes like i have like you know um i'm not a baby dj anymore and i've already been paid um for a while to to be performing and so and just not getting um like the parties that i want and the gigs that i want and um and then being like well i'm gonna focus on my on my albums and getting stagnant with that not having enough storage um not having enough storage um you know not having the the quality of sound that i want you know for my it's really bass lines that's what i'm like it's really about bass um and not really being able to manipulate the sound in the way that i want to with the tools that i have and it's more just about it's more my fault because i know that people are making like hit music on laptops um with just laptops no controllers whatsoever and um that's cool if you're like a 15 year old genius um but what i do notice about those people that are being credited credited that way is they're not they're not usually alone either um you know these kids that are making this this really awesome music you know um like in their basement or on their laptops they're usually like groups of kids um so it's you know or 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 couples you know groups of people that are are using their synergy to to bounce ideas off of each other and learn things together um so i tried to do that i don't know like i said i had i had that um drummer that i was working with for a while and it seemed to be going in an okay direction but there was also something in my heart that just knew like it was weird because i did have a voice that was like hey don't get used to this this is this doesn't end well um and i was like okay like you know but i was still i still put my all into it you know like i was still going to the studio every day and put, and putting my my energy and my ideas into it um you know and so that was just kind of like a lesson and not to not to trust because it did take a lot of my energy out you know and then it just came into nothing because we're we're talking about like i was like yeah you know if we can get it off the ground like fuck it like let's market ourselves and let's go touring and he was like yeah you want to do that and just kind of like and it was kind of like the way that he said it was like overexcited about it so that i kind of knew at that point that like i'm being led on um <laughs> you know i'm being set up for something um you know and then that was that was pretty much it it was like lights out on that um, but that's what I've been wanting to do for a long time is actually have enough of my enough of a collection to be able to tour um, as a musician and as a DJ. But just not having like I said, I just don't have a team. I don't have support. I don't have the the people um, that that want to make it possible. And when the, there's there's one thing to be said about the, the industry at all. Um, it's just like the, when you have somebody that wants to make it possible, like you do become a star overnight, you do get famous in an instant. And, um, there it's, it's like a, a switch that needs to be flipped. It just needs to be turned on, um, you know, and given the okay. But if you don't have the right connections or you don't have the, the right look or the right amount of money, then it's the, it's this constant fight and this constant competition, um so you know i do have a gig coming up like a techno thing um but it's unpaid and it was i don't know it's it was i got that really strange feeling um when i left that it was just kind of like a negativity in the air um i come up i come up a, a, against this very strange and very hard wall 
um, that and I've talked about how the industry is very dominated, it's very, very white dominated. And the blacks that are put on in the EDM industry, like they represent a scene. You know, I've talked about Kalina Zanders. Um, she's very LGBTQ. She's she's, you know, she's like a, her, her lyricism is like activism in itself, you know. Um, but even like her taglines are kind of like tokenism in a way because like I don't know like her tagline for a little bit was like oh I'm the EDM Whoopi Goldberg but like she doesn't look like Whoopi Goldberg and she's not she doesn't do comedy so how does that make her Whoopi Goldberg because she has dreads that kind of shows you that she's like in a whitewashed um and again I don't I don't have anything against white people. I actually prefer their their company because it's mild and it's it's usually lighthearted um and I understand why um why men are more attracted to white women because they are more mild and they're not like trauma fucking they're not they're not like trauma cases, you know. They don't have all this like built up um like rage and repression because they've always been you know they've always been the it girl they've always been the girl next door so they don't have that um you know because trauma and pain turns to darkness and it makes you it gives you an edge it gives you an attitude it gives you that it it gives you that fire that you know um for for the most part dudes don't want to put up with even black dudes prefer white women and this is statistics this is not just me spouting off at the mouth i've been researching like why you know, like, why are black women so unattractive to, to a majority of men? And it's it's literally because of the trauma that gets put onto our bodies from external sources. It reads as unattractive. It's not it's not just simple racism, like, oh, I don't like dark skin. It's more of a uh, an inset, like, oh, well, the attitude and this and that, and blah, blah, blah. We come up with, like, a lot of trauma from just not being... Um, loved because everybody has this this kind of stigma about you know black women um, about dark-skinned women about this and that even Latinas which are actually the um, I think the the most preferable um, statistically is white women and of course Latinas but even Latinas have the stigma of having like an attitude um, and you're gonna have an attitude when, um, for the most part, you're you're always behind the blue-eyed, blonde-haired girl or the brunette or the redheads. Like, you know, like nobody's looking for you. Um, you know, it's 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 harder to get people to match and then not be in some kind of mindset of of their expectations of who you are according to how you look. Um, so you know, I I always get the you don't act black or you don't look all the way black you know even from other black people are like you're not all the way black and then once it's crazy um i've said this before but like once black people find out i'm not all the way black they have an attitude with me um because there is this colorism and there there is this jealousy amongst women within the black community there is this um pecking order you know of oh she light skinned she's this and she's that oh you're mixed and there is this like huge colorism because of the way that we're treated in society and by men because of the way that men marginalize us and and put us underneath there is this competitiveness in the in the um community as black women there there's this you know like oh i wish i was light-skinned like everybody wishes they were light-skinned because because you get treated better and you have more options when it comes to dating and you have more you have more maneuverability in the in the very colonized very um european eurocentric world you know um statistically speaking most men 
don't have a preference of skin color because men like most the mo- mostly everything but as long as they have um you know eurocentric standardized features you know um people tend to treat you better when your hair is straight um when you're not you when you're not representing um over ethnicity in any way they, they consider straighter hair prettier or you know um certain styles to be more acceptable um you know which is would you know, it's it's just crazy expensive to be a woman of color um and especially a black woman you know black women spend um three to five hundred dollars getting their hair done every couple weeks you know um people who are not natural but you know when you when you do go natural you get treated with a lot more disrespect um in the in the work world and just in society at all um and, and within the community because there is so much colorism um so i've been dealing with that in the crossroads of like the music industry of what what i f- need to feel and what i need to look like to be accepted into this very very um you know this very kind of mysterious world that's that's beginning to be less mysterious um like i said i've been reading books and, and it's just like once the once the mainstream music market you know kind of pimped out this underground rave scene that's when the music started to change like the beginning the beginning of this book is like in the you know the late 1970s and early 1980s and and most of the people being mentioned as music producers and as DJs are are you know black um but once the the actual money started hitting the scene because it could be exploited um you know by the time by the time you get to the end of the book it's just you know um for the most part and it does it it actually does touch on like racial racial relations in the electronic music world um you know it kind of talks about this hybridized like how people view each other in music and the way that it it affects you know the way that music is marketed and sold so i'm you know i'm having a hard time finding my place in this in this world and for the most part it's i am very openly accepted and very very acclaimed as a dj people love my style um people people like the way that i play um you know people 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 give me accolades but in this time i haven't quite found my my niche like i haven't quite been happy i'm still in like the dj trenches you know um and i'm you know and just trying to avoid having to play music that I don't necessarily vibe with um, just for money. Because then it seems like I lose a lot of the, the interest in it if I don't get to, um, you know, I'm not necessarily an open format. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't consider myself an open format DJ. Um, I do have a very specific style. Um, and I, I don't think that there's really a style for it. Just more... Um, you know, festival, festival branded, um, festival style, dance style, which is not necessarily all dance music, but it is definitely, um, I don't know, my mixing comes from a place that I come from, so it comes from being on the dance floor and seeing myself in that place and asking myself or feeling in the moment what would I want to hear what would what would blow my mind in that way um you know what what would sound cool to me like at a festival or on the dance floor um I don't really think um too much in the in the 
I don't know, in the trenches, you know, the bar mitzvahs and the parties and the top 40 things because it doesn't hold my interest enough for me to, then it becomes just another job. It becomes just something that I don't necessarily want to do, but have to do. And to me, DJing should never be that because I did have such a, a, um, I don't know, it's just been such a long ride. Um, it's just been such a long ride. Anywho, I know that this episode is an hour. I think I've covered covered most of the stories that I needed to cover. I'm not sure. Um, oh, I just kind of wanted to like let people know that if they're serious, um, <laughs> like turn your notifications for this app or whatever platform you listen to this app off um, because there's a lot of episodes coming out in the next um, 24 to 48 hours that I cannot um, keep and um, will be having to let go for for a while just to to um to be um um to be away i can't i can't really say what you know what's to come next i really do want to put a lot of energy into my albums but i also want to give it the time and respect and make sure that it has the quality that it, that it needs for me to feel okay putting it out um putting putting out anything just because I hold myself to a very 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 high standard when it comes to music so when I'm listening to you know um just for example if I'm listening to something on Ausla broadcasts or whatever um which I haven't for a long time but the kind of music that was being put out at that time like the nest hq stuff and and all that that's the 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 caliber music that I'm aiming for so if it's not that i'm not i don't necessarily want to sign off on it you know i have had um a couple releases that were under the quality that i that i you know stand by um and i just know that i can do better but it takes time um and it takes um cooperation it takes technology um so i'm i'm just gonna kind of stay in my my meditative state and keep hoping that i can manifest the things that i really want um i like i said i i think i'm a couple days away from selling my mixer my my flx6 um which is a good controller by the way um but i've kind of i'm kind of growing out of it and if i'm gonna have a controller i would like something probably a little bit more closer to like a cdj i can't really like spring out for cdjs right now um, but a mixer that's like closer to you know club standard. Now that I've played in a few places and a few different clubs, that I can see the the setup, you know, um, I I kind of want something closer to the club standard for my own personal use um, and sometimes professional use. But most of the places that I get to play like already have a setup, which is nice. Um, so you just have to like bring a laptop or a flash drive. So that's cool. Um, yeah, you know um yeah dj stuff um and all that but i really do um kind of miss being in my my uh my production i i guess my production world which you know if when i'm going to the gym every day my whole day is centered around that so it's probably a good thing that i'm gonna lose my (laughs) i'm gonna lose my serato and my equinox at the same time um but i kind of see it as a sign that it's you know time to just kind of like let myself get fat maybe um like not like it matters um like let myself just not um focus on on being 
um, out in the world and let myself be an actual music producer, which if you've met, like, a real hardcore music producer, sometimes we don't leave the fucking space for days, bro. Like, sometimes if a project needs to get done, like, you're just there with a half a box of pizza and fucking your cat just kicking it. Um, <laughs> sometimes you just do that. You're just in the studio all the time, and my studio is my is my room right now. Um, so, you know, once I'm not at the gym every day all the time, I'll have nothing to do but focus, um, which is unfortunate. I do take, like, a, a huge hit, like, emotionally and physically when I'm training the way that I do, and then I just stop. Um, <laughs> like, I know it's going to hurt. I know I'm going to go through depression. So that's, you know, that's why I'm not doing a slow release on the rest of these episodes for this season. There's a lot of them. And then there's a, a whole bunch of mixtapes, and I'm just going to sandwich them all together. Sometimes the episodes are really heavy or, or weird, um, you know, so I do kind of break the tension with the mixtapes. Um, I was going to maybe even give my mixes its own fucking episode, but whatever. Um, let's talk about these little mixtapes for a while. Like I said, I redid uh, Complications. I redid um, um, some of the Alsa Confidentials. I didn't make back everything that I had had. But Alsa Confidential is easy because I, I just typically stick to the, the classical Alsa uh, releases, uh, which is easy to do because it's, it's music that I'm like super familiar with. And um, my history with Oslo is a little bit um, strange, so I guess I could talk about that for a little bit. Um, it's just that all the music that has connected like the dots um, in my timeline, in my storyline, whether I knew it or not at the time, um, was Oslo. Um, and so that um, that's kind of how I ended up in this, um, just having this like this need for high quality music um for for multifaceted music and multidimensional music um and so everything that Ausla has released so far some of it um i feel like maybe the the well whatever i'm not going to talk about it um but for the most part Ausla stuff is is you know i always know it's going to be good and i always know it's going to be um thick delicious heavy bass i always know that it's going to have like an actual mood you know so that i can um tell a story with it it's very easy for storytelling um all of my mixes are narrative mixes so they all tell a story um and whether you know if you're reading along um i know that some people only read it i know that some people only listen and i know that some people say like there's there's different this this audience is very very mixed um, and as I'm getting the numbers and I'm having these experiences, I'm starting to understand that my audience is like varying. Um, and the only the only kind of worries that I have is that there might be children. There is like some sexually explicit content sometimes and that there's some very heavy, um, very deep, very, um, you know, harsh realities um, uh, in the show. But that's also, you know, um, also having like a the the tiniest hint of anonymity like i said there is there there is like an entity that always fucking knows where i am and who i am so it doesn't really fucking matter um but i think the coolest thing about it is that at the end of the day i can just like walk away and pick my favorite elias um and if i really really do want to try music again and really do want to try to compete with all these you know pretty fucking privileged ass little girls because i'm not i don't see the dudes as my competition like dudes are dudes they run the world anyway in the way that they run the world and it is a very um it is it, it 
you know it's kind of like a man's industry most of the most of the, that's why we're having this hot girl dj culture where it's just like she's not a dj she's just hot it's because most of the people who run the industry are dudes these promoters these fucking they're dudes so when they see a girl with tits like it doesn't really fucking matter if she can mix she's hot she's gonna sell tickets like i'll i'll help her with some tracks you know that's how a lot of girls come up in this in this thing it's very rare to see girls especially pretty girls um like doing their their like doing the kind of music that i that i pay attention to i'll say that it's very rare to see girls doing the kind of music that i pay attention to and maybe that's just because it is vibration driven so like you know guys only really want one thing and their sexuality they're very ego driven and they're they're sex driven so when they put that in their base you know um it kind of turns it turns you know the animal over inside of us as women and that's why there's seas of uh, prostitutes um that's why there's seas of women that are flocking to to sex to oversex at these shows because that's you know uh, a lot of every everything is is you know sexual um and so there's these these um these these people their vibrations and their and their need you know their animal instincts is very very much written into their music um and that is that's also been interesting to explore but maybe that's why i can't really vibe with like a lot of females music because at the end of the day it just rubs me the wrong way i'm like i don't like you you know like and i don't want to have sex with you so your music sounds bad to me um you know but guys are just under in the opposite you know they're under their spell they're under that trance it's like yeah i like this this is good but it's like bro no your dick is hearing for you um you know a lot of a lot of music is sex driven um and a lot and since everything is live streamed now and very visual and everything's on twitch um people are people are kind of hypnotized by what they see so you know there's a lot of people not fucking really doing anything and getting a lot of clout for it and coming up you know and being really popular djs but they're not really fucking djs you know um they're just people who are attractive enough to attract dumb people um, and those dumb people do not, they're not really in it for the music. They're in it for the fucking, they're, they're showing up so they can see girls in pasties, you know? Um, they're showing up so they can get ass. Like, it's not, it's not really a, it's not about the, oh, the music or the vibe. It's like, let's get fucked up and get some pussy or let's get, you know, fucked up and show our titties. It's not, like I said, the rave scene is a lot different. Um, you know, now that, <laughs> you know for the for the most part insomniac has cornered the market and i don't hate that because as a business person i love it <laughs> i really really do like i'm it comes from a, a very honest place of bitter jealousy that i can't just be fucking dj soda and i can't be all these girls that like their music fucking sucks but it, they're so hot that like to guys they're like yeah yeah like this girl i'm like oh wow this oh my god like it's weird because i'm just like wow your penis has ears or no like it's it doesn't matter because i i understand like the spell of of a body you know they're that they're they're aesthetic creatures and they that's you know that's that's why fat girls don't get the all the love in the world you know we're discardable we're you know if you have an ugly body you're pretty much fucked um that's not it's not to say that you won't find somebody that's good for you but it's going to be hard and it's going to be rare you know it's not gonna happen all the time um you're not just gonna be fucking like fighting off the dudes um 
necessarily. Um, and again, it's about type. Um, so that vibration, because I, I don't necessarily have a hard time finding people. It's finding people that I like, um, you know, like it's, it's not about getting anything. It's more about like, can I stand you? Um, do I like your company? Like, do I like your energy? Can we have a conversation? Are you intelligent? Sapiosexuality is a big deal. Anyway, I'm getting off subject, or maybe not really, just because, like, I'm seeing how music breaks down into, like, that's why I said there, I'm not, I'm not, I can't, <laughs> I cannot stress enough that I'm not, like, in anybody's pants or trying to get anybody's dick because there are so fucking many girls after the same people like we're in a competitive society so like every girl in your front row dylan wants to fuck you every single one of them and even if they're standing there with their boyfriend if you were to ask they will say yes like it's not like there's no and they know this like this is you know djs 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 um and they're some of my favorite people in the world i as much as i sound like a man hater I can't hate men like my love is my my love and my capacity to love is based on the fact that I have had children and you know um two of them were male children and so my love for men is is ever expanding and ever expansive because I love boys you know uh, like and, and I love men like I love everything about them there's nothing like there's that that's why I know like my love is not puppy love I love you like i know what love feels like because i've had um because i've had the most purest form of love in the world um with that being said i'm gonna close this episode um but i've been having some heavy 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 like um visionary dreams and um 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 heavy visions let's just say that i don't like to call them that but like there's there's something um somebody it seems like somebody is having a baby um and it's i don't know who that could be um but i i wanted to send out my actual love into the universe um having just said that like i said i don't talk much about my personal life i know i have new subscribers um so somebody hearing that like oh what you have what like it i might lose followers i might you know gain followers because so many people have you know um the experience of, of parenthood um and I, you know, to be honest, I'm not always with my child, which is, like, the deepest regret. But it's something that's also being, like, it's it's also being played out to guilt me in a way. That's like, well, what am I supposed to do? Um, <laughs> you know, like, some, some situations are out of our control. Um, and everything has purpose. So there's not, there's not much I can say or do. Um, but my love is still my love. And so I understand what love is. Um, I don't give love in the, um, traditional, um, sense. Like, I don't, I don't see it as an attachment. I see it as, like, a very real energy. I don't see it as just a, a need. I don't see it as, I don't see it as an attachment to anything. Um, you know, so it doesn't, it's, um, like, unreciprocated love or un, uh, um, let's see, un, what is that stupid fucking word? Unreciprocated oh well i lost it <laughs> i lost it um yeah love love to me is very real it's pretty much the, the realest thing in this um in this universe and the, i like i said i don't do this for money i don't get paid um i do sometimes get strange manifestations and and um incentives to keep doing this 
um but it does cost me money i was actually i was looking at the i was looking at like my receipts over the last couple years and fucking i've you know i've invested a fair amount into doing this and it's not for popularity um i don't you know i don't advertise it's kind of crazy to have like 20 20 000 downloads this season and like i've not i don't tell people about it like sometimes i might mention like yeah i do a podcast or i do a radio show but that's like the end of my my conversation when it comes to that like it's been very um it's been very underground it's been very like black market um that i've never i've never really advertised um this series and it still has such a following um and it's and it's not just all you know all due to um skrillex i hate that fucking word so much um but you know even just like the the original series you know um has has its own following and and they all have you know um over thousands of downloads and so the the numbers keep going up so i just um i i keep doing it um not for the numbers not for the popularity because nobody knows who i am that is the most comfortable thing about this um is that at the end of the day i can walk away and i can change my name eight times and um i can be whoever i want to be i don't have to be attached to super kree i don't have to be attached to the life that's attached to super kree the story that's attached to super kree um you know i don't have to be anybody but who i want to be at the end of the day um so this show is this this show doesn't really do anything for me um i i mostly do it because people have responded to it in a positive way which means that i have support which means that i have you know love being reciprocated in in that way um you know um unrequited unrequited love okay i'll tell this story and then i'll go because this is the worst okay unrequited love they're like okay so i'm on the bus the other day and the buses in my area are always super packed um because nobody pays for it because it's always late so who's gonna fucking pay to be late and um it's always late or like not running but i feel like it's kind of like a double side double-edged sword like it's always late because nobody pays but nobody pays because it's always late anyway um and it's always packed too sometimes there are like two buses running one behind the other and everybody's packed in both of them like sardines and so it was one of those days so everybody's packed and i'm at the front of the bus and uh, this these people get on and like this this dude was just like large he was a very large man and i was like whoa dude like that must be tough you know <laughs> like like i was just looking at him i was like wow bro and and he kind of was just like oh yeah you know but then this girl got on and they got on at the same time and and she was plump she was beautiful though my goodness and um because they got on at the same time and they were just like packed in together and the bus was like you know turning and lurching and doing all these things and like they kept on like like looking at each other and like falling into each other so i thought that they were together this whole ride and i'm just like watching and i'm in my mask and my sunglasses you know and (laughs) so i'm just like a faceless creature 
but i'm like wow i'm like watching like this this guy keeps looking at this girl with those eyes and then like the bus you know empties a little bit and he like oh you know would you like to sit a, a seat opened up or would you like to sit and she's like no i'm good and at that point i thought they were together because of the the chemistry that they had and i'm just watching and i'm just like oh they're so cute and and, and then you know you want to sit down she's like no it's okay but, but i thought it was because they they were together and she wanted to stand with him she wanted to stand by him and so they just keep riding and the bus keeps like turning and lurching they keep bumping into each other they're giving each other these these eyes and um then the bus like makes this hard stop <laughs> like super hard stop and she like pretty much like almost knocks this dude over but he's huge so i mean like he was like oh you know he like caught her and it was like this like oh my goodness like and, I, and at this point i'm thinking to myself like they're together and if they're not together like he should say something to her you know, because he just the way that he's looking at her and just the way that she keeps on like, you know, kind of she's like looking at her phone, but like keeps like giggling and like looking back over her shoulder at him. And I was like, oh, my God, they're so human. Like, God, like I like could see the actual love energy between these two people. Like it was a very like visual, very synesthetic thing. I was like, wow, like everything was a vibe. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, you know, and I almost thought about like, hey, like saying like, are you together? Because, like, maybe I could have been the bridge between that because the, the next thing that happened was so fucking devastating. I actually, I think I left and cried about it. Like, I got off the bus, got back to my room, and was in tears. Was like, what the fuck did I just see? I hate this place. I hate this world. Like, I was like, fuck this. Because, like, the next, at the next stop, he got off. And she didn't. So they weren't together. And I was like huh like because he got off the bus and he was kind of like looking over his shoulder looking back like oh like he was all sad and deflated and fucking sad and then she was like looking out the window like with her big old eyes like oh and i was like what the and then the, the bus doors just closed and we like drove off and he was all sad and she was all sad and i was sad and i was like fuck this whole place ah like i hate my life like i was like what the fuck was that that was that was the most unrequited love i had ever seen first-handedly not experiencing because of course i'm a lover so i've loved and not had that return you know i've had people be like you're great but my parents are white they're not gonna like it um you know like i've i've, I've always you know i've always had that issue of just like well this isn't you know this isn't you're not my ideal you're not my ideal i'm like i get that um at this point i'm just like well whatever i'm the cool guy um i've i've kind of made my place in the in the social circle of just like being the guy um but that's also that's also devastatingly bad because then whatever happens between my friends and his girl like at the like at the you know eventually all friends turn into some kind of something but it's like i already have the bitterness because you were telling me all sorts of the things that you do as a guy you're already telling me about your your ideal girl and she's not mean but i just happened to have been here for so long that now you have an attachment and well i, I always thought you were pretty but you but i wasn't your first choice my nigga. like i have to be your fucking first choice i'm not gonna sit you here and watch you go through three blondes you know and then be like well, they all sucked, but you've been my friend the whole time. And I'm like, yeah, you know, um, or I'll, you know, or just learning about guys like I'll, I'll fucking get with a guy. And then, of course, like, uh, I don't know. I always have like blonde haired, blue eyed girls that like show up right after I start to like a guy and show me how easy it is for them to take 
him from me. And she's like, oh, I still rule this world. Like, trust me. And at this point, I'm just like, okay, like, <laughs> all right, I'm not gonna fucking, if that's your ideal, that's your, that's you. I'm not gonna fucking, I'm not gonna try and turn you. Um, that's your girl. She's, you know, she's always gonna turn around. That's like, that's like one of my demons. She's always gonna show up if I start to love you or like you and be like, hey, you know, I'm just gonna show you that I'm the first choice. I'm the girl he wants. I'm like, I get it, you know? Um, <laughs> anywho, that was the worst. Unrequited love is sometimes the worst. So I have learned to always give love where love is due, and love is always due. Um, whether that's in the platonic form, in the form of music, um, you can call these mixtapes. Uh, I am trying to, to end it because I know it's it's a very long episode, and then there's a lot of episodes that come after this. Um, you know, these these um, I read I read something. This is not my quote, so I can't take it. But it was like. Um, every mixtape is a love letter and I loved it so much because I was like that's kind of true you know these mixtapes are telling a story and um the I'm a very I'm a cut and dry DJ so my transitions are weird and they're supposed to um not necessarily always be perfect and in sync um because that's how it was in the beginning in the beginning there was no seamless mixes there was no beat matching it was just playing the records that you wanted to play because they were the awesomest records ever. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm going through my collection of my my, my age regression, so to speak. My mixes do show my age um, sometimes, which is a good thing, you know? I'm not necessarily ashamed of my age. Um, I can pass, apparently, for 10 years younger, which is good to know, um, but also creepy because dudes are creepy. And if I was 10 years younger, dudes are creepy, um, you know? Um, but it's good to know that I can pass as 10 years younger. And, um, yeah, these mixes tell a story. Um, I'm bringing in, you know, old, old classics, old, old, old stuff, stuff that I've had in my library, stuff that I'm reading about, stuff that I'm, you know, uh, familiar with, stuff that I'm not. Um, sometimes I'm familiar with the material that I'm mixing and sometimes I'm not. I do have the tendency to play certain songs, um, you know, over and over because I'm trying to make a point. Um, you know, like just for example, the like I play, I play Timmy Turner by Designer. I mean that shit. Um, one because I've always loved that song. Like I've always been like fucking obsessed with that song. I love melodic and harmonic. Um, you know, um, you know, even hip hop music. It just has to tell a story, and that story has always been very multi-dimensional for me. Um, and then, of course, with all of the happenings, the very real happenings in the sixth season, um, which I will just kind of leave at that. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna fucking. I don't know. I don't know if I can even go into detail. I don't. I just don't want to hurt anybody. I can't really hurt hurt anybody but myself. But you know, everything everything that happened in the sixth season. Um, the whole Timmy Turner timeline and then how it's rolling over into the seventh season um, just because it's in this whole multi-dimensional world um, you know like the the Timmy Turner timeline started actually at the end of the sixth season um, which is how it's rolled into the seventh um, or like mid it, it kind of made our our inciting event for the for the sixth season and pushed us into the seventh um, so so yeah, I play that song over and over again, every version of it that I can possibly think of because it's a very multidimensional song. It goes with the story. I've ha I've had that song in my collection since forever. I've loved that song forever. Um and you know, it goes it goes now with this very multidimensional into the multiverse. Um, you know, whereas Timmy Turner is a very um I don't know. I was kind of going back and forth in my writer's room the other day, which my writer's room consists of me, myself, and I. 
Um, and, and I was like, is Timmy Turner an ant? Because it was like, something popped up in my head that was like, he's an ancillary character. And I'm like, no, I mean, like, he's a, se- he, you know, he's a season regular. But that's, I think that's the point is like a season regular. You know, some, some characters you have only come on for like a season. Um, and that's been, you know, you know, last half of season six and season seven so far. Um, but since all of the timelines and all of the storylines are closing up, um, you know, I'm, I'm putting the characters in their places where they need to be, um, you know, um, so yeah, that <laughs> Timmy Turner timeline, um, which is hilarious and one of my favorites probably coming out of this, um, this entire chaotic, um, multiverse, um, so yeah, I play that song a lot, um, like I said, I play a lot of dance classics, um, classics that were, like, hot when I was a kid, when I was on the dance floor, and I was actually, like, trading candy and enjoying my, um, enjoying my rave days, um, before I, I had to get the fucking bitch slap death drop awakening that I was a DJ, um, which I still don't fully accept, but the universe seems to think so. Like, it's not, like, I, f- I constantly get fed music all the time, and I can't turn it off. Like, I can't turn off my DJ brain. If I hear a song in the same sequence or same sound as another song, like, it, it makes me think of, like, 16 other songs, and I'm like, okay, well, that's, like, half a mix right there, just because this song, like, came on, you know? So, I'm always on Shazam. I haven't paid for Shazam in over a year, fun fact. Shazam, <laughs> Shazam just gives me free Shazam, because I do it so much um that there are actually but you know i tried not to for a while there is actually like shazam awards and shazam shazam statistics and so then i started figuring out that it might be a pay-to-play type thing where like if you have enough money you can pay a certain place to play your song and then it'll come up on my shazam um and then you get you know uh, rewarded for it just because i'm i'm always doing that um and so like or you know shazam is a thing but there are shazam awards and shazam statistics and because it is so unevenly um on like it is just so unequal you know that the kids with privilege can get so much further ahead in a pay-to-play industry and a pay-to-play um you know world in that you know certain certain djs did not put in their work they did not put in the groundwork they were not in the trenches they were not playing parties they were not playing tiny bars and clubs like they went straight to the top because they had a bag and they could just play avalon in fucking hollywood because they had money um you know you can you can play the boiler room now if you have a certain amount of money like you don't have to fucking actually have anything but clout like if you have a certain amount of followers you can get get put on just anywhere because they know that those people will buy the tickets but then i i I did the math i think it costs about thirteen thousand dollars to get a million followers um yeah cost about i think i think that i think that number's right it costs about thirteen thousand dollars to get a million followers so you know people do that and then but numbers don't like numbers fuck with people so if you have a million followers and people see that they're not seeing that you know that you paid for it they're just seeing that you have that kind of influence and if you put that much money into that influence then you can you know you can grow their fucking whatever you can influence people because that's what an influencer does um anywho i'm not an influencer um except for um if you can afford equinox go there um because because that's like the best place and honestly i'm not even gonna get to go there i'm gonna have to rework that fucking privilege back into my fucking you know dynamic and whatever it makes me work harder so that i can do that um it really does um like okay how do i fucking get this um shit so yeah um nobody pays me to do this nobody pays me to say this i only support things that i believe in um you know it's probably good that i'm taking a break 
um, that I'm having to take a break from being able to mix, um, losing my Serato and fucking, you know, <laughs> like losing my Equinox because then I'll have to focus on shit that I don't have. My the universe is taking away my toys, um, you know, even though they're they're toys that very much help me. I'm in self improvement. I now have over over like 200 mixtapes, I think total, maybe more than that. I'm not sure. I've never counted them, but I have I have 40 from just the last two weeks alone. 41 hour mixtapes. Um, so that. Um, so enjoy those. I'm gonna go ahead and make a sandwich out of all this, and then um, I'll see you on the other side. Um, I'm not sure if there's gonna be any more of these heart to hearts. I'm having, like I said, I'm I'm just kind of having a coming to Jesus wherever he's at um, with this um, with this pain that I've been dealing with. So um, talking through it is cool. Um, whoever you are, I appreciate you listening to this. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, maybe you're a robot. I don't know. Um, maybe this just goes into a database in space. I'm not sure, but it does do something um, because the manifestations and um, the reactions from the universe that I'm getting are the things that make me keep doing this. Um, so thanks again for listening. Enjoy the music. Um, thank you for listening for an hour and a half. And um, take care of yourself. I'll see you next time. Bye.